You're listening to Here Come the Suns, a Phoenix Suns podcast. This week's episode, Suns Season Predictions for Wins, Playoff Success, All-Stars, and Accolades. We rate Kyrie's untradeableness, Ben Simmons showing up to work finally, and Brooklyn versus the Eastern Conference field. Next, we translate quotes by Frank Vogel and Steve Kerr on the LeBron-Westbrook pairing and Aiton on his contract dispute. We discuss what we are sick and tired of in today's NBA, and finish with the Suns Trivia Challenge. But first, Devin Booker. Devin Booker is a polarizing figure. He was seen by some as an electric scorer and shooter. He was the youngest NBA player to ever score at least 60 points in a game. The night he dropped 70 points on Jay Crowder in the Celtics that season, it was in a loss. Critics viewed him as a volume scorer and a CF on defense. Putting up meaningless numbers, empty calories on a bad team. Many suggested he demand his way out of Phoenix and put himself in a better situation. Fast forward two years and the entire narrative has been flipped on its head. Devin Booker has transformed himself and dragged this franchise into relevancy. He has two all-star appearances, even if they included blatant snubs by the coaches. He was runner-up to Damian Lillard in the bubble MVP even though he played much better than Dame in that eight-game stretch his team did, anyways. And along with Chris Paul, he led this team to within a game of the best record in the NBA last regular season, snapped Phoenix's 11-year playoff drought, and came within two games of winning the franchise's first-ever title. Meanwhile, he put the work into becoming a high-impact defender, a more efficient scorer, and a leader on this team. Now the NBA world has been put on notice. Devin Booker is here. Here to stay, you better come with a defensive game plan. Otherwise, he will wreck your team's evening. So I'm joined in studio today with Brandon and Fawns. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. How about yourself? Let's go, Suns. Let's go, Suns. We're going to start off with a question. Is Devin Booker the top shooting guard in the NBA today? We'll start with you, Brandon. Um, Not yet. But he's getting there. Um, the to me the best guard in the league is Lillard. I think we, you would want to have your franchise around that guy. But I think the 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 statistics that we're looking at is showing Harden as number one. You know, one on one, if they, these two are playing against each other, I would go with Harden. Harden actually his minutes per game is three minutes higher than Booker, so that helps with uh, the reliability part of it for the scoring. But the true shooting percentage is interesting. So this is actually a, a stat where they're using foul shooting and three-point shooting percentage combined with field goal percentage. Harden is at 62%. Booker's at 58 So a bit of a gap there. Um, I think for Booker, I would love to see him pick it up on the defense. So if he can sort of channel CP3 in, on, the, on the defense, uh, get more steals, get more turnovers on that side of it, That'll just add to the point production. And I think then Booker would be number one. But right now, I would say Harden is above him at this point. Okay, that's fair. Fawns? I'm going to say yes uh, right now. Um, in terms of uh, being a shooting guard. But my issue with this is that saying that he's the best shooting guard in the league isn't really saying much at this point uh, we're at a time where the two position has really lost its value um, and most of the shooting guards that we're seeing today or people who could play potentially at the shooting guard position are oftentimes being played as point guards uh, nevertheless I do I will give booker the credit where it's due i mean he has impacted his team in a way that is has been quite apparent um in the past year or so um and i find it really interesting that he's one of the only shooting guards who is doing this in the league 
uh, aside from maybe Buddy Heald and uh, Bradley Beal and Harden. But then again, Bradley Beal and, and Buddy Heald are, I wouldn't put them in the top tier um, in terms of shooting guards. So probably it's between him and Harden. And last year, Harden didn't really do much for me. Uh, he was pretty non-apparent throughout uh, late in the season with his hamstring injuries. And in his own words, we should be scared of a healthy Harden this year. Uh, but we'll see. I haven't been too happy with Harden. So honestly, man, Devin Booker, he he's looking like the closest thing to Kobe that we've seen in a very long time. And I'm really excited to see what he does this year. I'm going to go with Devin Booker for sure as the number one shooting guard in the league, um, despite Brandon's sake. Reason being, first of all, I mean, he, he put up the numbers. He put up 26 points a game, four rebounds, four assists, uh, a high field goal percentage, 49. Um, but it wasn't just that. As I mentioned before, he actually did pick up his defense. Maybe he wasn't you know, showing up in the, the counting stats, but he was botting guys up, and uh, he was making it, impact like players shooting percentage against him was actually very low and that that was surprising because you know he was known as maybe not the greatest defender you know for the last few years so but that changed this year and uh for the better for sure Devin Booker can take over a game himself and and go win it he can put a team on the shoulders go drop 50 on any given night there's not that many players in the league that can do that most importantly, I mean, if you look at Bradley Beal's counting stats, he put up yeah over 31 points a game. He had a great season. But Fawn's, um, yeah, the Wizards didn't do that good last year, did they? No. We talked about that last episode. Like They, they barely snuck into the play. They, they did great after Beal was injured. Interesting timing. All right, so, and meanwhile, Devin Booker, I mean, this is a question for another podcast, but is Devin Booker the best player on the Suns, let's just say he is. He, he led, like, what other shooting guard in the NBA has led their team to within a couple of games of the finals when they're the best player on their team? But I would still say this about Booker, though. Age is on his side, so he's got years ahead of him. Whereas Harden, he's sort of, he's topping out in terms of yeah. the comparison, right? But it's interesting because if Clay Thompson is healthy, he is the best knockdown shooter. He would he still rates higher than Booker, but again, if we're looking for the overall player, I think Booker is going in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you brought up a couple of good points. First of all, James Harden, I don't consider him a point guard. So if if we're throwing Harden in the mix, yeah, you got to put Harden ahead of Booker because Harden has had playoff success. He's been to the Western Conference Finals, been within a game of the final. So similar, but Harden's actually. He, I think he's won an MVP and he's been like runner up at least a handful of times, right? So, yeah, consistently great player. He was averaging like 36 points a game one season. So it's like, yeah, Harden is is better than Booker, but he's playing the one, so that's why I I, I put Booker ahead of him. So, and regarding Clay Thompson, I mean, he yeah, with three titles, knockdown shooter, great defender, two way player, but he hasn't played in like three seasons. Or something like he missed uh, ACL tear, Achilles tear, right? So uh, unfortunate, but we just haven't seen him in so long. And then he re-injured himself playing pickup when he was just about ready to yeah, uh, rejoin the league. Yeah, so definitely miss him. I uh, look forward to a good season by him, but we're going to have to see it before we, we put him back in the top conversation. I think if we are talking about a st- strictly a shooting guard, Clay Thompson is easily... If he was in the league, easily by far top number one. Really, the problem is, and this might just be me. I don't see Devin Booker as strictly a shooting guard either. Because mm. when Chris Paul was injured last year, Booker had one of the best performances of his career. Yeah, uh, playing as a quote unquote point guard. Um, so I, it's really tricky now because we're kind of in this time where it's a positionless game right so ones are switchables for twos threes are switchable for fours if you're lebron you play all five positions um so it's hard to really say i think that's why i like what brandon said earlier talking about guards as opposed to point guards or shooting guards because it it the line is really blurred right now 
uh, between the one and two. I think easily you could put Booker as a one and he'd be just fine. Probably still maybe not top 10, but easily top 15. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it, it's it's really tough, especially when you have that label of, of shooting guard on him, which I know the league needs for stats or whatever. But I don't think it's fair to just put him in, in a shooting guard kind of category. Because I think he, he's got a lot more to him than just a shooting guard, just as Kobe did. Uh, I don't really think Kobe is just a shooting guard. There's a lot more to him than that, but... Yeah. But you did bring up a good point where you said about is Booker the best player on the team? And I know we're going to have this conversation again soon, but I think he is the best player on the team, but he's not the MVP of his of his club. Which sounds kind of ridiculous, but is Booker his is his success dependent on CP3? Sort of the spacing aspect of it that it does involve DA as well. So is that what's helping him be the overall player that he is? Uh, that's why we need some more time to figure that out, right? Yeah. Here's a name for you, Donovan Mitchell. Where do you rank him with Booker? I mean, they, they, their numbers are very similar. Donovan is number three, but he's just Donovan is a different player. He's got this explosiveness yeah. that he just jumps off the screen, whereas Booker doesn't do that. If you're looking for purely that, yeah. that aspect. And Donovan's another guy who I could see playing at the one position easily. I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't consider him a straight up shooting guard because he's not exactly the best shooter out there. Donovan Mitchell, you'll see him drive and pull up more than you'll see him knock down a a, a catch and shoot like someone like Clay Thompson would, which is yeah. what we would historically consider a shooting guard is somebody who's usually three and D. Um, Obviously, that's changed over the years. We've seen him morph into something else. But I don't see Donovan Mitchell doing for his team what Devin Booker does for the Suns. I feel like if Donovan Mitchell was at the same caliber, then the Jazz would be getting a bit deeper. Now, that's not to say that it's the same situation because the lineup that the Suns have it's a lot better than the lineup the Jazz have so far, especially with Rudy Gobert somehow continuously winning the Defensive Player of the Year, even though I really don't know how. Really? Okay. Um, which is something we can talk about another day. Yeah. But I don't feel like the team... I don't know. It's hard to explain it. I, I just I don't think that Donovan Mitchell brings what Devin Booker brings in terms of mentality. In physicality, definitely. Explosiveness, as Brandon said, for sure. But in terms of mentality and heart, I really think that Booker right now is a superstar in every sense of the word. Yeah, good stuff. I Like, again, Mitchell's a much better athlete. Um, Booker has size on his side, but he also he plays like a more aesthetically pleasing game. But like, Mitchell's jumper doesn't really look pure. Like, when Booker shoots... It's a thing of beauty, right? He's a technician. Um, his footwork, like, he doesn't have to depend on athleticism. He's not a bad athlete. He's still athletic, but he's not as explosive as Mitchell, but he doesn't have to be because he's actually more skilled. So um, their numbers are very similar. I give Booker the edge because um, he's all, he almost won the title this year. So, I mean, if Jazz had the best regular season by a game, if they would have made it to the finals, I would have had to go Mitchell, but. Suns uh, made it to the finals. Was it uh, Utah that couldn't get past a um, Kawhi-less Clippers game, right? So, yeah. So that would that would have been a nice matchup to see Suns and Jazz. Oh yeah, that would. Have been nice. I would have really liked to see that matchup because it would have been it would have been two somewhat young teams who still have a bit of experience and veterany on them. But it, it I think it would have been a really really close to even matchup as opposed to just a Kawhi-less Clippers who... Although the Jazz were up 2-0 in that series. Yeah. So... Yeah. I, I mean, dude, there's so many top... Okay, everyone <laughs> says how Ty Lue is the best coach in the NBA. He gets his team back from 0-2 holes. I mean, if he was the best coach in the NBA, he wouldn't fall down 
two oh zero oh sorry zero zero two in every series. Like the best coaches start off hot. Why does he always have to catch up? So no, he's not the best coach. Sorry. Anyways, um, yeah. So that's a that's our Devin Booker segment here. So the, the next thing we go into is predictions for the Sun season. So uh, the NBA regular regular season starts just a week away. So super exciting. The Suns have played their last preseason game. So it's time to dig in to the season. So how many wins? Let's start with wins. Brandon, how many wins you got the Suns uh, getting this year? 52. 52. So again, Hold um, I got to write that down. Sorry. Brandon's predictions. <laughs> that's right. So so again, the season is a full 82-game season. So again, they won 51 games when there was only 71, so the 10 less. So you're saying, percentage-wise, they're actually going to win less games this year. Correct. Why is that? I don't think they're a surprise anymore. So teams, teams are actually going to look forward to playing Phoenix. It's going to be like a measuring stick for their club. So, so that part of it kind of may you know lose a couple of wins because of that if compared to last year's schedule um but they'll win their fair share of games this year okay. i like what brandon said about them being a measuring stick um i know especially myself as a hooper when i'm playing against a team who which we feel is the top team to yeah. beat, we bring an extra level of intensity. You, you raise know, your game. You play better against better competition. We, we, yeah, we prepare way better throughout the week. It, it's it's more of a a challenge, and it's it, it it comes at times not even about the other team, but about yourself. About how can you you know can you raise your level to be to that level? Because I mean, hey, if we beat the Suns in this game, guess what? We just beat the finals contenders. Um, so. Uh, I think a lot of teams will bring that intensity, but I think with the leadership of Chris Paul as well, he knows that. You know, he's not he's not new to the league. Uh, he's obviously going to be expecting this, so I think that he is also going to be able to bring these guys to the level that they need to be to continue with their yeah. uh, obvious success this year. And I think that if if I was if I'm Booker, I'm looking at this as a challenge. I know that everybody's out for me. I know that there's a bounty on my head. So guess what? I'm gonna bring it to everybody every single night. So I'm gonna say that they're hungrier this year, and I'm gonna put them at what did you say, Brandon? Fifty two. I'm gonna put them at somewhere around sixty. Oh my, that is. Yeah, well, if that happened, that'd be great. Um, so yeah, my predictions, you know, I'd say, I'd say they're gonna play about. They'll they'll be at the same pace. So I I haven't done the math, but I think that'd be about fifty six or fifty seven. I'm gonna go fifty seven wins. Um, I think that as a team, they're gonna be better, uh, with the growth of their their young players, Bridges, Cam Johnson, Aiden, Booker, um, more continuity. Um, I will say that. The rest of the league might, you know, Warriors might be better, might be healthier. Lakers might be playing better. So, and like you mentioned, teams might, you know, they'll, they'll be giving them their best shot. I think those two things might balance out their improvement with the rest of the league's improvement. So I think they'll be at the same pace, say 57. Wins. So the next thing we, we predict is their playoff success. How deep are they going to go? I'm going to start. I'm going to say they're going, they're going. They're going all the way this year. They're going to finish the job. They're going to win the title. Lakers just not going to be able to put it together in time. And uh, Brooklyn doesn't have Kyrie. So, you know, JaVale McGee will add some rim protection that they miss against Giannis if it's Bucks or whoever they play. So, yeah, I'm going Suns, Champions, Phones. You put me between a rock and a hard place. Uh, I'm going to say Lakers, Suns, Western Conference Finals. And I'll leave it at that. Who's coming out of that? I. That's a question for Brandon. Brandon? <laughs> well, the Suns, of course, right? So if it's a Lakers-Sun matchup. Um, I was thinking the same thing, too, a Conference Finals for the Suns. Um, 
But I also see Eaton taking a step back this year. Interesting. I think with just this contract dispute, I think he gets off to a slow start. I think it plays in his mind. And I also think teams will use that against him as well. So that's the reason why they take a step back and not go all the way. But it, they're Phoenix is in a good spot for the next few years in terms of getting to the finals. Yeah, true enough. Okay. The next thing we, we predict is how many All-Stars they have. So this one's kind of easy. I'm going to go with three. I'm going to say CP3 and Booker like last year, but they, they also add Aiden. And, dude, if Aiden's going to be demanding a max, if he's going to get paid the max or be – he's got to be an All-Star this year. How can he be a max and not be an All-Star? You know? So it's like I guess Wiggins has done it, but that's not what we want. We don't want another Wiggins. So, yeah, three. What about you, Brandon? Two for sure. So, same ones you're thinking. I don't think Aiden makes it this year. You're probably right, but I was, I'm being slightly ambitious. We need to see that if he's a max guy, right? This should be the minimum. Okay, Fawns? I'm going to say one, and I'm going to say Booker. Interesting. Just because I want to see Chris Paul play before I make any assumptions on his status. Because he did amazing last year, but he's getting up there in, in age. Um, and I want to see if he's still spry, if he's still, you know, able to actually produce and keep that momentum going. Um, just because there's a lot of guys out there that are coming up that are, that are deserving of an all-star selection, right? Um, and especially we we saw that this, these past finals and 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 just or sorry uh playoffs and just before the postseason there's a lot of younger guys who are starting to prove themselves um and i want to see if chris paul can hold on to that uh all-star status so i'm gonna say booker for sure chris paul i'm 50 50 on right now um, lastly, we're just going to predict any accolades, uh, defensive player of the year, MVPs, first team, all NBAs. Do you, do you have any bold predictions for the Phoenix Suns players this year, Brandon? Um, I can see Chris Paul being part of the defense, all defensive team really? at some point. Um, I don't think there's anybody who's first team all-star and that's even at Booker at his, at his best. I don't think he cracks the first team. Right. I'd say Booker for second team. Um. Yeah. Offense. Yeah. Because second team All NBA. Yeah. I don't. Do you think Bridges gets any consideration for an All Defensive Team this year? Bridges could be like the un unsung hero, where he's kind of the sixth man. I think if he if he's that guy, kind of like Jay Crossover, if you remember, people remember him from the Clippers, if he can yeah. just solidify yeah. that spot, that's a good spot for him. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't see him kind of getting those accolades. That Are you, you saying like six man for the defensive player, uh, like the defensive team, or do you want Bridges to come off the bench? Because, you know, he's a, he's a starting small forward all last year, right? So. Yeah, I think, I think he's, I think he's going to be the sixth guy on this roster. Like just in production, or do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or do mm-hmm. you... that's what I mean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's there's a lot of big ifs because the it's it's tough with young guys to really make this type of predictions, especially where it, when I mean anywhere before five years into the league, you're still like they're still really kind of developing, right? So something can be going excellent one year and then in their off season they decide to switch their game up or they have a different trainer it's it's still so early into their developmental process in the league that you know it's it's tough especially if you lose any sort of momentum so i think it all depends for for the younger guys the mentality are they able to you know take this uh, this finals loss and use it as a learning experience because it can get you down for sure, especially for younger guys who aren't used to this type of pressure. Um, so can you turn this into a learning experience and bring it further on? Right. Um, 
because you could end up, I mean, hey, you have a good rookie year, sophomore year, but then you kind of just fall off the map. So it's, for me at least, it's hard to predict with these younger guys. I know Brandon's the the stat prediction dude. Um, So I'm going to leave those up to him. I'm going to say that DeAndre Ayton better pick up some accolade, some hardware, otherwise we're going to be talking about this Max being a bad contract. Like pick some defensive consideration, some first team. If you're a Max center, you should be in the conversation for like at least a third team all NBA. You know? Are we going to talk about him now or do we have a segment later on him? Yeah, we got we got a full segment on him. Okay. It's right. worth a full segment. Okay. So speaking of that, let's let's transition to our slam dunk layup foul or flagrant segment. What are the Nets' chances to trade Kyrie Irving? At this point, there's a lot of baggage, right? What are the chances the Nets are able to trade him for something that contributes to their their championship aspirations this year, Brandon? How would you rate that? Foul. Oh, look out! I, I with with Kyrie, it's he's going to be hard to move because you're going to give up assets for someone to sit on your bench, you know. So. If you can flip him for something, that'd be great. But um, no, I, I don't think you can really move him at this point. Brooklyn has really designed their offense around, not just their offense, their whole game around him being part of the big three, the core three. And I think now they're, if if I'm the Brooklyn, I'm doing everything I can to get him to play as opposed to getting him out. Because as Brandon said, they're not going to be able to really move him anywhere. Um, nobody's really going to want a dude who's going to come sit on the bench for the rest of the year. So if I'm them, I'm doing everything I possibly can to get Kyrie out on the court because this is what they did their trade. Their, their, this is what they made their moves on. They bet on Kyrie, KD, and Harden playing together. Um, and this is what they're depending on. Now they've sort of started to build a bit of a roster around them, but... They need him. He's one of the. He's part of their trifecta. So I, if I'm Steve Nash right now, I am just moving mountains and, and doing everything I can to get him back on the court as soon as possible. So you're saying foul or what's your? Oh, I'm sorry. I, yeah, that's that's foul. Oh, look out! Like foul me. Well, yeah. I'm gonna complete the sweep and call it a foul. Oh, look um, out! You know, Kyrie Irving, what the Nets can get for him, and that's not a heck of a lot. Because there, there's a few things. Um, he's a bit of a distraction. He's a malcontent. He may retire. He has an injury history. Yeah, so it, it's a huge risk. And what are you willing to give? Also, too, he's an impending free agent in one year. So you're not getting any long-term security. So, yeah, the chances of them picking up something are quite slim. Um, it would, Yeah, so I'm going to go with foul. The next topic is... Ben Simmons showed up to training camp and reported passes physical. He said he was going to miss the entire season, but he showed up. What do you make of his decision, Brandon? Well, it's good. It's good for for anybody to play. So he made the right decision. We talking, to come good, back. We talking slam dunk good or layup good? Um, slam dunk. It's good. It's good to have him back. Um, does he really help the 76ers? I think we talked about it last time. Yeah. Yeah, he he's good to have. He's he's got great talent. Um, I would actually have him coming off the bench in the first few games to kind of teach him a lesson. But, um, but no, it's it's good that he's back. It's better to play. Right. I'm gonna say layup. And got I think the it's layup great. to go. Um, that you know he's starting to man up and deal with the situation. Um, I'm not gonna say slam dunk because I feel like he's doing it because he has to because there's all this pressure on him. And I'm not quite sure if he's going to perform the same way. Um, Because there's a difference between wanting to play and playing because the world is watching you and it's part of your contract and it's what you have to do. So I'm just going to go with a layup. Cool. Um, Yeah, I'm going... I'm going to go layup too. And got the layup to um, go. For the standpoint of, obviously, he just said he's not going to play the entire season, and now he's going to play this season, apparently. Um, but again, but like Brandon said, he made the right decision. You got it. You you sign a contract to go to work. You got to go to work, regardless. 
So it's a good thing he's back, but um, also I don't know what he's doing with his agent. Does he got Rich Paul in the, up in there? He must have Rich Paul. Someone is, yeah. But it could I'll, work for everybody because he could be trying to play his way off a team. So he's showcasing now. So we might see the best, you know, first half of the season, you know, we've ever seen with Ben Simmons, right? It might be even willing to take some shots. So you might, it might work for both sides this year, right? How I, much? How much is he getting paid? Oh, he's got a max, but it's a, it's, it's not like a full max because he's not hasn't been in the league for that long. It's probably, I'd say, thirty three million. Okay, so if you're making minimum wage, and you're under contract, you show up for work. Yeah. So you best believe if you're under a max contract. You show up for work. Totally. Have you ever okay, have you ever played with a chucker? They, they just anytime they get the ball, they just shoot. They have no conscience, right? Yeah. If Ben's if some of that, whatever that confidence or would just rub off on Ben Simmons or he would just take a shot and with not worried about if he missed I don't know if it's a psychological thing where you're afraid to fail, but it's yeah, they they just need to jack it up. Like he needs a he needs a a J.R. Smith gene that he's just missing. Yeah, and it's crazy because every offseason, you'll see like a random training video or somebody posts something on Instagram or Twitter or YouTube of him going through these training routines and he's making like 9 out of 10 three-pointers. But then he comes into the league and it's like, oh, well, show us some of that. Nope, I'll just pass up an open dunk. Yeah, he's got he's got the Markel Fultz syndrome, whatever that was. Um, okay, so the next one... Let's just say let's just say Kyrie doesn't come back. Okay, so it's like Brooklyn with with Harden and Durant. That team against any Eastern Conference foe, who you got, Brooklyn or the field? Brooklyn's chances against the field. I'm going. I'm going layup. And I still think Brooklyn has the most talent with with Millsap, Lamarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, all these old All Stars that in their bit roles are actually still pretty good. Um, then you throw in. Harden, Durant, Patty Mills, big pickup. Joe Harris, one of the best shooters in the league until the playoffs starts. Um, but that being said, Bucks just won the title. Don't discount them. And Miami, it's looking pretty legit. Kyle Lowry, PJ Tucker. Yes, they got grit. They got Jimmy Butler. No one's talking about it, but they have Victor Oladipo off the bench. Like, if that guy recovers to at least. 90% to what he was. That's a pretty stacked team. So, yeah, layup. Bonds? Uh, I'm going to say layup. And got the layup Actually, go. no, sorry. I'm going to change that to a foul. Oh, um, I think they'll definitely make it to the Eastern Conference Finals just because of the amount of skill and talent they have on their team. But I'm going to go as far as saying, and this is one of my hot takes, that the Bucks are going to be lucky if they make it late in the playoffs. Um, I think that what Miami needed last year, they've got. Uh, so I think it's gonna be the pretty boys and the Brooklyn Nets, the the hype, the fame, the the tweets against the nitty gritty, dirty underground of Miami. Um, so that is a matchup that I'm very excited to see. Nice. Uh, layup. And got the layup to go. I think we all agree. I think Brooklyn has enough talent. You know, some of all their parts is still way better than a lot of the teams in the East. Um, I had actually this similar thought that Miami's going to be very tough to play against, especially in the playoff. If, again, that team picks up Jimmy Butler's attitude, that swagger and all that kind of stuff, That and now that they have Lowry, it's just another guy who's hard to play against. And we, we talked about Sandpaper in the lineup last week in our podcast. That can wear on a team that's, Got a lot of talent like Brooklyn that doesn't, you know, can, you know, especially if they fall behind in a series, you know, Miami's gonna be very dangerous. So yeah, it's a layup for them. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that series, Miami Brooklyn. Mm. Spicy. It's gonna be street ball up there. Okay, we have a brand new segment. It's called Lost in Translation. Basically, we interpret, or should I say, reinterpret quotes in the media this past week. So. Let's, let's get started. Here's the first one. Frank Vogel, the coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, said, We were really excited about James and Westbrook and what they look like together. What did he really mean when he said that, Brandon? Um, 
Well, obviously he likes it. But I don't know if we agree with that. That's all I have to say. That's all you have to... I'll tell you what he really meant. <laughs> Let me tell you what he really meant. This pairing scares me. I don't think we're going to have enough time to make this work this year. James and Westbrook both need the ball. They're both not upper echelon shooters. Westbrook is actually one of the worst shooters in the history of the NBA for his position. And considering the volume of shots he takes, I'm scared. That's what he really meant to say, Fawns. Lakers fan, Westbrook fan, Fawns. I think he meant to say we're excited to see Westbrook and James <laughs> this year. You think he meant to say exactly what he said? Uh, nah. I mean, you know, they they say what they have to say to the media, right? Yeah. But I, I I'm sure they're super excited for it. But I know that in the back of their heads, because I know that in the back of my head, there's a bit of a a voice that's kind of saying this ain't gonna work. It's gonna fail. Um. So, yeah, I okay. mean, we'll see once the actual season starts, because I've had a lot of uh, posts sent to me and stats sent to me of the games over the last few days. Um, but there's one stat that they're exceeding expectations on. It's turnovers. Well, hey, as as Westbrook said, man, I turned that over nine times. Nobody can do anything about it. Uh, it's... It, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Right? It, it could take time to mesh. I mean, it's yeah. pretty much like looking at a whole new roster. It's like you yeah. just got two or three guys who played together last year, but it's it's a new ball game for all of them. So nice. we shall see. Uh, on the same t- subject, uh, Steve Kerr said on the James Westbrook partnership, I'm sure they'll be fantastic. I'm going to start by translating that statement he said this is going to be fantastic for us because they're going to really struggle and we're going to need that runway until clay thompson gets healthy and then we're going to kick their butt in the playoffs brandon how did how did you translate that statement by steve Kerr? Uh, they're going to be awful the lakers i don't think the warriors have much to worry about is what he's trying to say bonds when did he, did he save us before or after they beat the Lakers? I think it was before. Was it before? Oh, okay. Uh, I'd have to I'd have to fact check that, but he said it. Okay, no, no. I, I bet. if he said it after, it was probably just mockingly. Like, yeah, we're excited to see because they before, just yeah. whooped the Lakers. But if it was before, <laughs> um, I actually, I mean, I, I. I do get what where you're coming from as like we'll kick their butt and it was probably some of that but I also think I mean Steve Kerr is a big basketball fan having been a player himself and Steve Kerr has been known to really compliment other teams aside from his own and other players uh so I think if I'm Steve Kerr and I mean I'm actually excited to go up against them and see what we can do but yeah for sure there was a bit of we're gonna kick their butts okay last quote DeAndre Ayton this past week. I love Phoenix, but I'm really disappointed that we haven't really gotten a deal done yet. We were two wins away, and I just really want to be respected. To be honest, be respected like my peers are being respected by their teams. Here's my translation. I want the max. I know I don't deserve it, but please just respect me. I'm going to try harder this year, I promise. That's my translation. You want to take the lead on this one? Okay. Um, I honestly don't know how to translate that, man. I don't know what's going through this dude's mind. Uh, I think if, if, if you're DeAndre Ayton right now, you're just, you know, thankful that you're even able to be playing in the NBA. Um, so I'm I'm thankful that I'm I'm a starter um who is getting paid to play the game of basketball starting on a finals team while averaging game? about 15 yeah. points a 15, game. 15 and 11 or 12. Yeah. Um block and a half. Yeah. So uh 
dude uh, this is the thing like if you play any seven footer that amount of minutes they're gonna get about that many points in <laughs> yeah i need a little more i need 25 and 50 and then come talk to me about the max yeah and if if i'm the sons i'm thinking who is this guy yeah uh like dude you relax he was the number one overall pick so like sometimes x you know people want to who cares like just because you got you were good in high school doesn't mean you're going to be good in the league and he is representation of that right i mean he's he's playing like he doesn't want to play which right now okay i get that he wants his max but if you want your max dude stop whining about not getting paid enough and start showing us that you deserve to get paid that much. It's about supply and demand here. You don't get to request something before you give it. So, I mean, show us you can play. Give us 25 per game. And you know what? I might just have to call up the, the Suns head office. I can get the contact through Chapin. And then we'll I'll, I'll get in conversation, get you your money. But give us some numbers, dude. Yeah, like I have this. Yeah, never mind. This. <laughs> My address book is pretty big. Uh, Brandon, let's go to you. How would you translate that statement? I want to play with Luca. He wants. He wants out. You think he wants out already? And Dallas is always willing to take. Nobody goes to Dallas, so it's a perfect landing spot for him. But no, oh, they took DeAndre instead of Luca. Um, even though they had Igor Kokoshkov, Luca's old uh, European coach, right? So. A lot of folks think it was a Robert Sarvar move to, to take Aiton. But, I mean, Aiton, yeah, he's, he's, he's a good player. But uh, we're, we're going to need to see a bit more before we get to Max here. So, our next thing is I'm sick and tired of. You know what I'm sick and tired of, Harry? The segment is self-explanatory. Fonz, we'll start with you. What are you sick and tired of? I am sick and tired of seeing these fools complain to refs because they're not getting their uh, their fouls called anymore. Trey Young, uh, he's done it a couple times. I saw, I, I had a list actually, and I left it at home of a couple of dudes who have actually done it in the past few games, and it's it's ridiculous. You're talking about like the new rules, yeah, where they they where they'll pump fake, and then they'll kind of dive their body into uh the the defender who's closing out on them to draw the the foul, and they're not getting it now as per the new rules in the league. Um, which I think is awesome, uh, but it really takes away a lot of game for a lot of these dudes. Uh, Harden, Trey Young, there was just before we started the podcast, there was a highlight of one of his complaining, and it was ridiculous. So you're sick and tired of the complaints or the new rules? I'm, I don't mind the rules. I mean, the rules are something that, I mean, rules are rules, right? Whether yeah. you like it or not, you've got to do it. I mean, I would love to be able to take 12 steps on the court, but can't really do that. LeBron gets away with it. But no, I'm I'm tired of the complaining. Uh, which I I get like you're used to being able to do something now you can't. But adapt, learn, find ways to get more creative with it. Find ways to get around it. Kobe did that. I mean, Kobe admitted that he would constantly break the rules on the court. Just he knew how to do it without letting the ref see him. Yep. I'm not saying break the rules, but it's just it, it it sucks when these dudes are you know trying to reach for something and then they also complain when they don't get it um so i'm i'm really sick and tired of all the complaining it's like how people were complaining about lebron oh the flop the flop well guess what go complain about your favorite player because he's most likely doing the same thing brandon what are you sick and tired of well it's a tough one to follow up because i i sports in general players complaining and flopping and you know, in the NFL, looking for flags, you know, that's always a tough part about sports, right? It's the complaining. But for me, um, it's it's the length of the preseason. I hate watching preseason basketball. It's it's way too many games. Right. Let's just cut it down to three games. These guys are in shape. I understand preseason decades ago, players would play themselves into shape, but it's not that way now. These guys can play. Just play two or three games. That's good enough. Let's get the season going. Gotcha. You know what I'm sick and tired of? I'm sick and tired of players, mostly young players in college and young players in the NBA coming in and every time they, they dunk um, or they, they do an AM one, they start flexing on somebody. They start screaming, yelling, uh, pounding their head after they dunked on somebody. Okay, like a few years ago, I never saw anyone do that. The first time I remember seeing someone act, behave in this this 
this violent, animalistic oh, manner was Marcus Morris oh. as a member of the Boston Celtics. I'm pretty crazy. sure when they were playing with, against uh, Cleveland's LeBron James, right? So Marcus Morris was doing it, laying on the ground, yelling when he drew a charge or got an and one. So, and I'm like, well, this is different. Uh, it's kind of, you know, I was pulling for Boston, so it's like, okay, it's kind of exciting. But um, now, every yeah, everyone and their dog is doing it. Well, you know who you can blame for that? No. AAU tournaments. Yeah? That's that's where it's all. If you ever have time, just watch five minutes of an AAU tournament. There will be more flexes than, than buckets. Crazy. I like that stat. I'm going to look that one up. It's <laughs> You like that one, yeah. <laughs> I bring it's, numbers too. It's um, it's ridiculous. I mean, okay, how many? I mean, LeBron does it on occasion, but you know how many like top flight players in NBA and e- even other sports like the NFL when they score or they do something good, they act like they just won the NBA championship. You, you're supposed to ma- make it look like this is normal, right? That's what good players do. They're cool. They're professional. These guys act like they just did something good when they. I mean, literally, it's not even a dunk on somebody. It's like someone pu- give you a little push or try to wrap you up and you scored anyways and you start flexing. I'm like, dude, the thing it's is, a simple and one layup. I don't know, dude. It, but and it, it's it, disrespectful to the other team. But it looks different. It looks so different on camera because when you're driving, man, and somebody bumps you, like it might not look that that tough. But when you're thrown off balance and you still manage to score that ball... I know it's a good feeling, but you you don't have to disrespect those. But it's the emotion that comes with yeah, it. Yeah, but this emotion did, didn't come with it five years ago. I'm just saying it's a new trend. I don't like it. I'm sick and tired of it. Next. So we're going to the basketball IQ segment. Brandon, what's the challenge this week? Before I ask you the question here, what is the challenge? What do I have to do? It's uh, six straight free throws, right? Right. Okay, so last week was five, but... Well, so we've gone up one this week. You one upped me. <laughs> let's see. Let's see if uh, we can get a successful answer to this question. So if if the Brandon answers correctly, I do have to do this and, and again post it on our uh, social media feed at HCTS Podcast. Um, but that's completely hinged on Brandon getting this question right. It's Phoenix Suns related. I feel like it's a doable question this week. A little bit easier than last week. Here it is. Brandon, how does it feel to know that the fate of the universe lies on your shoulders? All right, cue the music. <laughs> Too much pressure, Brandon. I said. Brandon, which one of these iconic point guards slash point forwards did not suit up as a Phoenix Sun? Is it A, Kevin Johnson? B, Stephon Marbury? C, Steve Nash? D, Mark Jackson. E, Jalen Rose. F, Jason Kidd. Or G, Grant Hill. Seven options. This is this is an extreme multiple choice. Do you need them again or do you think you got your answer here? No, please repeat the question. <laughs> the Which choices. one of these iconic point guards slash point forwards did not suit up as a Phoenix Sun? Kevin Johnson, Stephon Marbury, Steve Nash, Mark Jackson, Jalen Rose, Jason Kidd, or Grant Hill did not suit up. Mark Jackson? That is correct. Mark Jackson (laughs) never played a game for the Phoenix Suns. We have a winner. Boy, those were some. You could you could tell Chapin was excited that somebody finally got one of his answers correct because he didn't ask you if it was your final answer. <laughs> I forgot to ask. Is that your final answer? <laughs> we have to do it again. No, just so uh, yeah. So I have to go shoot six street throws in a row successfully. So we're gonna have to go film that. Yeah. This week, stay tuned to the social media feed. It's gonna be on there. Also, you and- guys are more than welcome, our listeners, to follow along. Please yeah. do do the challenge. Uh, tag us. That's right. Send it to us. DM it. However you want to mention us, uh, we will be watching. Um, yeah. Yeah, I forgot to mention it's also a fan challenge. You don't have to do it, but if you think you can hit six straight free throws, which I'm sure many listeners can, can you do the the shots, uh, the foul shots, or the free throws with a LeBron jersey on too? Okay, so no, you, the challenge has to be made. Be- you can't change the conditions. <laughs> okay, the next one after. 
Do you have a LeBron jersey? Do you have a LeBron jersey? Dude, I don't I burned mine. Actually, I do have a LeBron jersey. I have a Heat jersey. I burned... I never actually bought one. I'm pulling that next next time. Um, that is sacrilege. So, yeah. Blasphemous. Chapin, six free throws in a row. All right. Let's do it. So, here we go. So, we go to our last segment. It's called the buzzer beater. So, 90 seconds on the clock. Fonz, you got 90 on your timer there? Yes, I do. You got 90 seconds here. This is to this is your grandstand to beat the buzzer. Tell us what's on your mind. Thank you, Chapin. I appreciate that. Um, I don't want to make this a an extension of the what I'm sick and tired of, but I'm very surprised at the amount of drama that's been going on around the league for the past few years, and it seems like it's getting increasingly worse. Um, you used to have a player who had beef with somebody else or somebody got fined for not going to practice. Uh, whereas now it seems like every day there's something new and controversial that somebody's either saying or doing, uh, whether it be, you know, Ben Simmons not wanting to play or whether it be, uh, Aiton wanting his max extension or it, or sorry, max contract. It's just, it seems like the game is being played like more of a game of chess now, whereas everybody's trying to kind of find their own benefit, which to all their rights, good for you, man. Secure your bag, do your thing, do what you got to do. But it that type of attitude and mentality kind of seeps into the fans because you see the fans kind of feeding off of this drama and this negative energy, and it just gives a bad name and bad look to the game of basketball. So I really wish that basketball would just be more about you know basketball putting the ball on the floor putting the ball in the hoop getting your job done and and yeah that's all i gotta say just in time you beat the buzzer so thanks for joining us for another edition of here come the suns um again we, we release every saturday and uh yeah thanks for tuning in so on behalf of fawns and brandon my name's chapin Thank i'm fawns i'm brandon and again I, i'm chapin <laughs> I think we already established that. Okay, have a good night, guys. Peace. Peace.